You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. The award-winning Crunch Time. My sense is that there's some feel that Jack um, might have some sort of case to answer here. Uh, I haven't seen or heard any information that would imply that. Um, you know, it's clear that he was a victim of something um, quite serious that required hospitalisation. Um, but no, I think that the priority should be his well-being, and part of that is respecting his privacy as well. Well, it's an easy solution, Scotty. Tell us what the hell happened. And then we won't have to jump the gun and uh, try yeah. and draw distinct, uh, the, the line between the two points and all there is. That's As the easy you, way. Um, I get the feeling that some people want to roll some of the previous problems that Jack has had into this current situation. And I'd caution against that. They're two separate issues. While we're unclear of the exact circumstances of the Jack Stevens stabbing last week, Collingwood President Eddie Maguire says the Cats recruit should explain what actually happened. The connection of how we play is vitally important, so for us it was more about let's get the connection of our team up and going straight away. You know, our biggest number one priority is getting our side playing together, you know, as quickly as we can in this three-week period, so we've backed our system in. Next week we'll do some match sim. It'll probably be more mock-type pressure sort of game for maybe an hour on Friday, Um, and then the next week we'll probably step it up to maybe like 80 minutes and uh, go flat out. I'm just a little bit nervous about going too hard too quickly and uh, and getting injuries. I think uh, we're going to need all of our lists as it is when we start playing. Today's really about, and this week's about, and probably the whole three weeks, is about conditioning them so they don't get injured. It's You, you can't teach a lot of game plan stuff or get them much fitter. It's essentially about conditioning them so they don't get injured or prevent that as much as we can. And now that we have a date for round two and teams are back training, they're not all taking the same approach. It's a fine balance between avoiding injuries for the next three weeks or making sure the players are match hardened and ready to go for the restart of the season. As always, there's plenty on the agenda. Welcome in. You are listening to Crunch Time. Yeah, it's a massive hour coming up. Kane Corns with you. Joining me, Liam Pickering, agent to the stars and media star in his own right. Pickers, good morning to you. Good afternoon, I should say. Good afternoon to you, Kane, and uh, good to be here and looking forward to the next hour to talk some serious footy. I've just had to deal with Hutchie for three hours talking just <laughs> serious rubbish. Uh, so it'd be good to talk some genuine footy, which will be good. SEN's chief sport reporter is Sam Edmund. He's also along for the ride. Sammy? morning, Kane. Good morning to you, Liam. Jesus, I look outside the window here. She's a miserable old day in uh, Melbourne, freezing cold. But I've been looking forward to this hour, boys, because while we haven't had games, gee, the issues are hot, aren't they? 
They certainly are. So I want to start with Jack Stephen this morning. Uh, Chris Scott faced the media. He said, be careful to not jump to conclusions. Jack Stephen is a victim. The president of the Collingwood Football Club, as we heard in the opener, and also media mogul himself, Eddie Maguire, says, well, if you want to avoid the speculation, tell us what happened. Pickers, I'll start with you because Eddie has been smashed. He's been accused of having a conflict of interest and he's also been advised to stay out of other clubs' business. How did you read this one? Well, I think that's a reasonable assumption from the Cats that they would think that, is that worry about what's happening at Collingwood. I mean, I don't think Colin Carter and the Cats would be commenting if uh, publicly if, you know, if it was a Collingwood player. So... In the similar situation, so but Eddie has got a role to do, which we know, which is in the media. So he's had his media hat on when he said that, but he's also he's the president of Collingwood. So mm. far be it for me to have a go at anyone with a conflict of interest because I've been <laughs> accused for years of it. So, uh, but look, I think uh, the cats obviously are getting to they're comfortable with where it's at, and I, I think that that's his club. So that's who he really should be worried about, not worried about Eddie or worried about what other people want because at the end of the day, um, that's not their concern. Mm. Sam, was it was it strange for the coach of the Cats to get up there and basically say nothing and not shed any light on one of the more serious uh, incidents that we've had in some time? Well, I think so, Kane. There's a couple of points to make here, I think, guys, is that the first one, Eddie makes a great point. Don't hold a press conference when you know you're going to get a glut of questions about one of the, unfortunately, the bigger issues in footy at the moment if you don't have the answers to those questions. But that's a great point by Eddie. The other part of it is it's not his point to make. I mean, he will talk about the hats that he wears and we know he wears multiple ones, but but the hat the hat debate doesn't wash, Kane. I mean, we know he's the president of the Collingwood Football Club. It's not like uh, Superman and Clark Kent where no one seems to know who is who. We know Eddie is the president of Collingwood. And at the moment, he is very much Eddie Eddie everywhere by virtue of the fact he's on the COVID-19 committee. He's on everything at the moment. He's a big presence in the game. But if the shoe was on the other foot, as I think Colin Carter pointed out, can you imagine if the cats jumped up and down wanting to know answers of uh, Alan Didak's, uh, you know, and Heath mm. Shaw's uh, crash many years ago when they were drink driving and whatnot? Can you imagine if the shoe was on the other foot? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that you make a good point. But what, what Eddie actually said, and, and Pickers, you said the same, was fine. Like, if, if it was just Eddie Maguire, the media commentator, it was almost ridiculous for, for Chris Scott to get up there and lecture uh, people for jumping to conclusions. Well, of course they are going to jump to conclusions. You haven't shed any light what some six days after the event. Of course, there's going to be speculation. There's a page 13 piece in the Herald Sun today, which is a bit of a fluff piece, to be honest, and doesn't shed any light. But that's what happens when we don't know what has happened. The, the thought pick is that... He must explain what is going on, certainly to the AFL and to his club, not necessarily the general public. Otherwise, he shouldn't be able to play. And Hutchie and Caro were almost mm. alluding to this on Footy Classified, that it's that serious. It puts the integrity, the safety of the competition almost at risk. If he doesn't get up there and tell us what happened, should he be allowed to play? Well, I think he should. But, I mean, that's, you know, from my perspective, it's, you know, they haven't proven anything at the moment. So no one knows what's happened. We know that he was injured. Uh, but we don't know what the circumstances were or how he ended up being injured, et cetera. So until they know that, I think it'd be very difficult to, to, to keep him out of footy. Mm. It's not a great, it's not a great uh, precedent, I guess, for other players that have had some other struggles. And we've seen a number of them, and Dane Beams and Jesse Hogan and players like this. Jack Watts has probably falls into that basket where you've had some baggage at one club. Mm. 
Harley Benell's another one, and the other club says, well, I reckon in our environment, under our coaching system, a change of maybe a state, a different teammates, we'll be able to get this guy because the talent is too good to ignore. With Liss coming down, Sam, and we're reading in the Herald Sun again last night, saying Liss 35, that appears to be the number, mm-hmm. is it the end of giving a player a second, a second opportunity? Well, you certainly hope not, because I think every player does deserve a second chance. And the thing is, because we don't have any clarity on Jack Stephen, there's a lot of suggestions, there's a lot of hints, there's a lot of, um, you know, hinting at the fact this might be something darker than what it actually is. And we don't know, and it's it's extremely dangerous to... Even there's a story in the Herald Sun today, this morning, saying Jack Stephen's spoken to investigators for the first time on Friday, and there are the facts. And I, I do think we'll get to the bottom of it eventually when uh, all parties are happy to do that. But even in that story, there's some suggestions and some hinting at what actually took place. And I think that's really dangerous, Kane. The issues that Jack may or may not have had in the past may be completely unrelated to to this particular incident. And as far as the list size is coming down, well, you certainly hope that uh, players uh, don't get that second chance. And maybe it'll bring back the elder statesmen as well of the game, given they're going to be perhaps more important than ever. You know, footy caps cut, less coaches, less development coaches. Maybe this means we'll see more Sean Burgoynes going forward, which will be a good thing as well. Mm, those that can play dual role certainly going to be worth their weight in gold. We're going to uh, take your calls right throughout the next hour. one 736 736 Was Eddie Maguire off the mark? If you're a Cats fan, how did you feel about the Collingwood president uh, chipping in and offering advice to a different football club with the roles that he plays? Now, Brian Cook is the CEO of the Geelong Football Club. He has just given an update on the Jack Stephen situation. The police have started to investigate the matter and I believe have come a fair way in a short period of time. The AFL Integrity are onto it now as well. And we are looking after the, uh, Jack's health um, and his well-being, his mental health. Um, and we are forever getting medical advice uh, about Jack and what we should be doing, and that's what we are doing. Um, we, in my opinion, there is no doubt that uh, the, whatever has happened will come to the fore at some stage. It would want to because it's probably getting to that point where we need an understanding of it. But well, uh, what, Chris on, Scott, sorry, yep. Kane, what just on that, Sam, what you, what's your understanding about his availability to play at the moment? I mean, obviously he's got an injury, but if he's available, if he's fit, past physically fit to play, do you think the AFL will hold that back until they've done their investigation? I haven't heard anything to that fact, Liam. And and Chris Scott, one of the things he did say this week was that it would be days, not weeks, that Jack Stephen would be back at the club and training. So it looks as though he's going to make a pretty swift recovery, which is great news, but certainly no suggestion that the AFL Integrity Unit investigating means you're not able to play. I would have thought in any case there's a presumption of innocence unless otherwise proven. I don't see how this would fall into any other basket other than that. And the other part of it is too, guys, with the Cats perhaps holding a press conference and and not saying anything, which I think we all thought was a bit odd, is that we saw with the Western Bulldogs, completely different case, obviously, with Lockie Hunter. But the last thing the Western Bulldogs wanted to do as well was come out with a big statement, the big press conference and a big song and dance and then have a blow up in their face a couple of days later when they haven't been across all the facts because that actually did happen with Collywood. I mentioned Didak and he's sure many years ago, of course, but of course Eddie got up, they gave the big statement and then it turned out he sure wasn't being completely honest and it blew up in their face. So that's the last thing any club wants. Rocky Hunter did put himself up though, didn't he, eventually? And it was it was probably about, what, five, four or five days after the incident that he went on the club website from his home or from wherever it was and released a statement, apologised mm. for it. I, I think 
provided Jack is healthy enough to do so. I think that he's reasonable in the next week that Jack Stephen fronts the cameras and doesn't have to answer the questions, but at least releases some sort of statement to try and clear all this up. But because he, until he does so... But, but he might not have anything to apologise for, of course, Kane. No, but he needs to shed some light on what happened and need to, needs to give the Cats fans some indication of what has gone on. I mean, he, someone has been stabbed, Sam. Like, when have yeah, we he, ever had the, an but, AFL player that's been stabbed and not but, told anyone what's happened? I understand there might be some sensitive people that he's trying to look after, but you're playing in a game that has fans that you are uh, you know, responsible for and you're representing sponsors and your club. You can't just sweep this one under the carpet. Yeah, but, gang, you, meant, you, you actually summed it up well. He's been stabbed. He hasn't stabbed yeah. anybody. Like, you know, and he's the victim by the sounds of it. Yeah, but it's like, it's like saying if, if uh, you're in a car accident and, and you were going through a green light and nothing to see and you someone cleaned you up, you're still going to shed some light on what happened, aren't you? I mean, you weren't at no, fault but you, in the well, car. I don't, I don't liken it to that at all. I liken it to him being in the passenger seat in that situation, if, if that's the analogy you're going to use. I, there may not be anything... He, I'm not sure. What's his memory of it all? How would you know? I mean, well, we it know he's like... out at one. We know he's out at one. Yeah, o'clock correct. So, and it's the off season. What, what's he doing out at one o'clock? Is he completely uh, blameless here? Was, was he intoxicated? The, the reports all that right. I read. It, yeah. and, uh, so, I think there needs to be some. If there's a blame pie, if we're carving it up, I don't know how it sits, but it's not a hundred percent. I wouldn't have thought on the other person. Right. I would think there's some responsibility for the situation he's put himself in. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but of course there is from the from a football perspective. You're out in the drink at one o'clock in the morning, whatever it were, whatever it was. But if he, he mightn't be clear himself exactly what happened. Like you know, if you've had a, you've had a few too many, if that's what's happened, um, you know, maybe there is some. He, he doesn't want to put anyone in because he's not quite sure exactly what happened. Who knows? Let's move on. Yeah, well, we will move on because it is a police matter. It's a sensitive one. We all understand it. And until the cats can shed any light on it, there's there's not much point us going around in circles. Uh, yesterday I spoke on the captain's run and it got a lot of people fired up. Eddie Maguire in another comment that he made. He's everywhere, isn't he? Isn't He's it? everywhere. We He's need everywhere. to rip the band-aids off the band-aids and almost start again. He's advocating for a shorter game. He reckons 16 and a half minute quarters is perfect to compete with Netflix and the other entertainment oh. options that we've got at hand. I couldn't disagree more. In fact, I don't even understand why we've gone to 16 and a half minute quarters now that the schedule is going to look somewhat normal. Where do you sit on this, uh, Sam? I'll start with you. I think the game before the virus was in good shape and just because um, this virus has swept the world doesn't mean we need to start again. Are you in the if it ain't broke, don't fix it basket, no, Kane? Is that your why general? Would, why would you? The game, the game was so healthy. And I'm not one of those people that goes, oh, the game was better in my era. I think the game's never been better now. I, the game uh, can always get better, though, can't it? We can always be progressive. We can always change. And if we don't change, then we sit still. Uh, I mean, professional sporting... Leagues and uh, codes change all the time um, through necessity. Now, here's an opportunity, I think, to trial a few things. And if they work, if 16 and a half minute quarters work, then why not keep with what, it How going do you know forward? they work? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Where's it, the evidence? It was, a, it was a pretty ordinary round one to footy when we saw it this year. I understand that was because of the uncertainty, no crowds and all of that. But nothing I saw in round one is no, we, me jumping up and we, down going 16 and a half minute quarters is good. No, we don't know yet. That's what I'm saying. But if we get to the end of the year and it has worked, then why not go with it going forward? Why would we close the door on anything at the moment when we've got an opportunity to potentially make the game better? And I don't know about you guys, but how many 
How many absolute edge-of-the-seat games are there where you're on the edge of your seat until the last minute? Because I know there is a stack. Sammy. There's been a 2018 grand final. Dom Sheed's goal doesn't happen. Leo Barry's mark doesn't happen. You've picked the two best teams well, for the year. Well, the Western Bulldogs grand final, you know, the, the Dale Morris tackle on Buddy Franklin, the Tom Boyd goal. There's so many moments, particularly in big games, that go down to that final. And they'll still happen. They, they well, would know, still I happen. They, I don't know if they will, because for me, pickers, and you've played it, and, um, you know, I. AFL footy to me has always been a fight to the death. The strong survive. You know, it's, it caters for everyone. I'm, I'm worried that some players, their endurance base. Well, what's mm. the point of having a good endurance base if a game is 20 minutes shorter? The likes of Sam Walsh, Andrew Gaff, Brad Hill, their biggest weapon is gone in, in the space of one decision at AFL House. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. We'll take your calls on it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Pickers, where do you sit? Well, I'm with you. I, I'm, you know, I'm, to me, it's just... Keep it as normal. I don't think there's anything wrong with the length of the game. I'm sure that, in fact, I'm sure there's not. I'm convinced that it'll be a one-year thing. I don't think this will go on. I don't think this will go on next year. Hey, guys, there's one thing worth mentioning, and even though we joke about Eddie being everywhere at the moment, which he is, he's obviously on the COVID committee, the war cabinet, whatever you want to call it. So anything he says on this topic at the moment, he's saying with a element of knowledge and background that he's privy to these discussions. Now, it took me back to March when Gil McLaughlin released a big State of the Nation email to a lot of the clubs and CEOs around the place. And in the last paragraph of that document, he mentioned the ability that they now have to change some of the entrenched structures in the game that have been difficult to do historically because they've been bogged down in you know historical uh, of a historical nature. But now they've got an opportunity to wipe the slate clean and fix a lot of those things. So whether you agree with it or not, they're definitely looking at changing some things. And I know Liam, you want to talk about the the pathway as well, but. Everything from that to the game itself, it would seem, is up for conversation. Yeah, well, it, it sounds like it. I mean, I don't know how they put together after these working parties and you know the experts and committees and you know where they get the where they get these experts from. Are they just going to throw in everyone that's got a half decent or like a bigger reputation than others? I, I'm not sure if we've got the right people involved for a start against uh, uh, through a number of these things. If you really want to know, um, but yeah, I mean. Things will change. We know they'll change, but it's just a matter of what. Jenny wants to join in the conversation this morning. Jenny, where do you sit on shorter quarters? And good afternoon to you. Well, I'm not going to sit on a train for three and a half to four hours to go down to Melbourne and watch a game that's going to last for an hour and a bit. And I'm sure that would be the same for a lot of country people. You think it's too long, Jenny? No, you think it's too too, too, too short. It's not long enough. (laughs) Right, okay. Why would we want to take that long to get there to watch an hour and a bit's entertainment? It's just going to stop country people from going if they make it any shorter. It's bad enough now with the silly time starts that don't fit in with trains for the country with their 3.20s and 4.40s and we can't get home again without staying the night so it costs you extra money. So they're just making it harder and harder for country people to go. And I, don't, and I tell you what, I don't. I'm not buying this Netflix crap either. Oh, that was that, that's that's. I mean, oh, what? Because people want to watch Netflix. That's because they've been forced to watch Netflix because there's no sport on <laughs> until the sport comes back. We'll be happy to sit there for an hour and a half and watch footy, two hours and watch footy. No, don't worry about that. No problems. That was the most ridiculous comparison I've heard. <laughs> you can watch Netflix whenever you want. Yeah, you can good. watch Netflix when you've got half an hour, it's on, it's not going anywhere. Like, a, a movie is going to be a movie, it's going to be there forever. 
uh, live sport, we don't know the outcome of it. That's why it is live sport. That's why it rates its socks off. That's why Channel 7 and Foxtel pay billions of dollars for it. You're not going to compete <laughs> with Netflix. The NFL, and I know you're a fan of American sports, both of you, it goes for three and a half, four hours. It's the most that, popular sport good, in America. Yeah. Why aren't they shortening that then? There, there is what? There's... Uh, 60 minutes of action in the NFL of actually in-play yeah. action. The rest is ad breaks. The rest is, you know, timeouts and breaks you, in play and players yeah. getting into their position. It's the most popular sport in America. Why isn't that a good comparison? For me, guys, and I'm happy to play devil's advocate today, get my head kicked in, because I know what the average fan thinks of it. They hate it, and they're all with Jenny. But for me, it's a quality v. quantity debate. If if we get to the end of the year and the quality of the game is better because it's more explosive, it's faster, we still get to see great athletes, we have less junk time and less boring games and less seagulls all over the ground on a twilight and a Sunday when it's, it's cold. not going to happen. Then, then it's if the quality is higher, then who gives a toss if it's 100 minutes or 120? Well, it's not going to happen, Sam. You're just because it's shorter quarters doesn't mean it's going to be a better product. Mm. <laughs> just, well, we don't, my, it makes my, no sense we what don't you're saying. Know. It's going to be lower. Sammy, it's, it's going to be lower scoring games. Someone, I think, Kane, you might have made the point the other day. Someone gets away to a fly like Richmond did in round Done. one. It's near impossible for Carlton to win that game. It's near impossible. So yeah. to me, I'd rather keep the keep the game alive, keep it keep it a bit longer. Yeah, you're going to get some stinking games, but you get stinking games in any situation. You get stinking games in preseason. You get stinking games in grand finals. We know that. But the reality is, the game is the game, and that's what makes the game great. The other part of it is, Kane, if we do go shorter quarters, it would give teams and the competition the ability to play games more often. So you can back up quicker. It gives more flexibility in the fixture. We might be able to play more games at different times. It just opens up more possibilities. And a lot of the players and coaches are on record with that too. I don't know if we want games at different times. I'm happy for Thursday to Sunday how it looks. Same. I think I think that's it. I'm not sure we're going to embrace going to the footy when we can go to the footy on a Monday or a Wednesday night when you've got work and school the next day. I'm just not sure Australians and footy fans will embrace that. Matthew is in Ringwood. Shorter quarters, Matthew. Fan, yes or no? Um, well, the debate is, is, at the end of the day, it's still only 80 minutes of game time. The rest is all on and incidental. Now, I ran yesterday and spoke to Gary and that, but the thing is, it's a sort of a, a necessary evil. We want more money into the game, so therefore there has to be more commercials. Plenty of times there's a lot of downtimes because we've got to wait for commercials and red light to go on. Um, so there's a lot of things that slow the game down, but I don't remember the game to 25 minutes. It's always been 20 minutes for, for a number of years now, which is 80 minutes playing time. Yeah, but the longer the game goes, obviously the more chance goals are going to be scored as well, which gives the broadcaster more opportunity to play ads as well. So if you shorten the game by the twenty percent, twenty percent less goals, arguably, and less adverts, I just think the game is fine. I think it uh, it allows for the endurance of the players, and it does take away some of the other strengths, like guys like the goalie and Dangerfield and Fife will just be even more unstoppable if fatigue isn't a factor in the game, which has always been. Let's quickly get to Doug on the same topic. Doug, which side are you on? Good afternoon to you. Not shortening the game. The the history of the game started at 100 minutes of football. The thing that has always fascinated American gridiron players, blokes from the soccer, 
the 100 minutes of football plus the overtime. We, what are we going to become? We're going to become the shortest game of the lot. Soccer goes for 90 minutes. The, the, uh, the uh, rugby goes for 80 minutes. We are going to come to 64 minutes, 66. It's not going to fascinate the people. The fascination is people come down, as the lady said before, come down from the country. They come there to see a good game of football, 25-minute quarters, even if we shorten it to, to 20 minutes. Good football. But why the deuce we are going in, bringing the game into 20-over cricket? That is what it's going to come on. Good on you, Dougie. Appreciate your point. You can chip in on the phone or you can send us a text, 0433981116. On the other side of this, we know football is coming back at the top level. We know it's coming back at Sandful and Waffle level. But what is happening with the NAB leagues? The mm. AFL is committed to a draft this year, but there's been no updates on when the youngsters will be back at it. We're going to discuss that with Liam Pickering on the other side of this. You are listening to Crunch Time. Liam Pickering, Sam Edmund Canecorns with you on Crunch Time. one 736 736 is the number. Well, we know the AFL fixture, at least for the first four weeks of the season, will be out on Monday. We know it's returning Thursday, June 11th, Richmond and Collingwood. Reading today that Friday night might be Geelong, Hawthorne, Saturday night, the showdown in Adelaide. But what about the lower leagues? What about the lower levels? The AFL has said that they are committed to a draft this season, but the youngsters have not played yet. And we don't have a return date for that competition. Pickers, I know you're strong on this. Do you have any information with your discussions about the young kids, the lower levels and the AFL about what is going on? No, because they don't know. This is just the reality. And in the last couple of weeks, I've spoken to CEOs, footy managers, list managers, recruiters, you name it. They're all asking the same question. This is their big year. These draftee, these kids that are eligible to be drafted, we've talked about there, there's going to be a draft. Great. What is the plan? What is the plan for the NAB League? These are the best kids in the country. This is where the majority of the talent comes from. And what? We're sitting here on May 23rd, and the regional managers have stood down. There's no plan in place. Western Australia, the Colts are back in Western Australia August 1st. That's, they're back. The schools have got a program. And we're not even selling hope to these kids. These kids are going to expect to be AFL stars next year. And, so and, picks, we, and we've been, got nothing. We've got they've nothing. Been told, they've been told nothing, the kids. Any indication one way or the other? No, they've been told there's no update at this stage. Okay, we've got the AFL sorted. We know that. Well done. Mm. This should be a high priority. This is, there are so many people's jobs being affected by, you know, I talk about recruiting managers have been stood down at clubs. We're talking about uh, uh, obviously regional managers I mentioned as well. This game promotes uh, and – you know, supplies jobs for that many people. And I don't know when it's going to be a priority, but it should be. I mean, every other state seems to have got their act together, but the elite kids in Victoria are not getting a look at it. And it just staggers me. I have to admit, it staggers me. And not only me, it staggers everyone. 
And what about so the what model about- going forward? Kane, there was a story in the leader newspapers over here during the week and uh, it quoted former Sandringham President Jerry Ryan, I think it was, saying that the NAB League should be tied to the VFL now and that you merge the clubs and he proposed a series of uh, merger proposals in this particular story. You know, streamlining costs, make it more cost efficient. You have your, your under-18s into your, into your seniors, obviously, in the VFL. It, it almost it screams of common sense for mine. I don't know where you sit with that. Yeah, once again, I you know I'm a bit of the the, the uh, thought process that if it's not broken, don't fix it. Now, the, the impact that some of these young players have had straight away, first up, and, and last year was as good as I've seen in maybe I don't know six or seven years with the youngsters. Probably six of them that came in and were all of a sudden straight away in the their team's best 15 players and they're winning games off their own boot some of them it was extraordinary so it says to me that the pathway is pretty good and pretty solid and that clubs have the knowledge um that the the combine is giving them enough information to get their draft picks more accurate now the cost of it i don't know that where does the school system sit in i know there's some really elite level school system and that conflicts with the tac side of things and it, it's tough who do you prioritize there so i don't have the answer but I, what I would be saying is if I'm a kid in that situation, like I, I was a nutcase in my last year. I just wanted to play footy. It was the most fun footy year you've ever had. The IES team goes away overseas. That's clearly not going to happen with travel restrictions, but that was one of the best trips I've ever been on. to, to State Ireland footy? And, uh, yes, all of that. State footy. Can you be an All-Australian? Now, the AFL, it's got, it's got to happen quickly. Well, it's got, got to happen really, really quickly because the elite kids, how are they? personally feeling and what will it do to their development well they're frustrated because we understand we're in a position where we've got a pandemic i understand that and so we're all working around it but how this hasn't been a priority to now given it's it's affecting so many people kids and their hopes and dreams you know that have they've been thinking about this year their whole life their whole life I, I don't mind if they say, look, it's going to be a September 1 start. This is when it's going to be. This is going to be the carnival. We're going to try and run it over this. But give them something. Mm. Every update is the same. Every update is, oh, we've got nothing really. We haven't had any updates yet from head office. And Well, you know what? Priorit- start prioritising junior footy because, mm. as I said, or that, but on the other hand, don't say we're going to have a draft Just, or put the age up, whatever it may be, but do something. We're not doing anything. I wonder if there's, and just thinking on the run a little bit, so the, also the players that aren't selected in their best 22, I mean, I feel for them this year because you're trying to prove your spot. If lists are going to be reduced and you're not getting a game, where do you play? We well, don't play anywhere. There's some thought you may team up with opposition clubs and have some scratch matches. I wonder if the AFL can say, well, here's the best 50 in the country, the best 15-year-olds. Let's put three at each club. And these three can play in the scratch matches when the other players that aren't in the best 22 play. So if it's the, the, the second lot of North Melbourne and Geelong players playing against each other, plus you top up with the best kids that are eligible to be drafted, recruiters can go along and have a look at them. They Is won't that a situation? A, well, they won't allow that? that. They won't allow that, though, Kane, would they? As a, With the protocols in place... You're either a player mm. or in the, you're in yeah, the approved that's... list of 25. You can't be bringing outsiders in. To, mm. to play in those games, mm. so we'll go especially when they're going, yeah, when they're going to school and things like yep. that, and mixing with other people that the AFL players aren't doing. But I'm just thinking of tr- trying to think on the run of what. Mm. 
you can do because we're going to be drafting these players blind. Like, how are they going to possibly draft these players? First of all, most recruiters don't have a job. Most list managers That's the first don't have thing a job you should at the say, moment. Yep. Yeah, they're not uh, in households interviewing kids like they would be at this time of year. Uh, so it's, it is a bit of a mess, to be honest. I, I feel, great I, point. Yeah, I feel for, I really feel for the, for the kids. I really do because, you know, as well as all the other people and their jobs being affected because, I mean, you know, you go through your whole life waiting for this opportunity and we get to – we're nearly June. We've got no idea when they're coming yeah. back. I just – anyway. They're going to have to do calls. something. They have to do something quickly, though. It has to be in the next week or so, in my view, a week or two because uh, it's getting to that pointy end of the season. And uh, to see the – Look, the, the Waffle is back. The Colts are back. The South Australia. Look, they've got dates. They're not back yet, but at least they know what they've got to aspire to. You've got to have yeah, something to aspire training. to. Back training as well. Let's yeah. take some calls on this. Tommy wants to join in the conversation. Good afternoon to you, Tommy. Good afternoon, boys. How are we going? Good, Tommy. Good, mate. That's all right. Uh, yeah, I've got a really good mate of mine. His son is in the TAC Cup this year um, with the potential to be drafted. Um, being contacted by a few player managers and whatever but um look he's he's sort of really frustrated because there is exactly what pickers is saying there's nothing there's no communication from anywhere like they don't know whether they're going to be playing footy at all now i would tend to think that there should be more effort put into the kids than what there probably should be towards the SANFL or the VFL or anything like that because this is where our next stars are coming from. Yeah, you pick up a few from the VFL and all that, but it's not where your next stars are coming from. I, it's, it's, um, as, a, as a parent, he's very, very frustrated. Mm. Um, as, as a kid, you know, like, you know, kids take things in their stride these days. It is what it is. Can't do anything about it. But it's just, it's really frustrating because there's actually no direction from anywhere. Yeah, Good it's on the you, Tommy. Appreciate general consensus, your... Kane. It's a general it consensus is. out there. No doubt. Uh, from one Tommy to another. Another Tommy's on the line. G'day, mate. <laughs> G'day, Kane. How you going? Are you sure that was a Tommy? <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm 100% sure, according to our man, Brooksy, who is pressing the buttons back in the studio, that that was a Tommy. You're a Tommy. I haven't seen it before, but what do you want to talk about? <laughs> no worries, mate. I got confused. I started talking to myself there when the other name came up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for, the, thanks for the prize last week, two pickers. The Magic Hand Car Wash, it's going to come down a treat. <laughs> You'll um, need it after this, rain. <laughs> I'll need it for sure, mate. Now, we've got seven boys down at Listerfield uh, in the uh, the Eastern Rangers. I watch them training down the local park, just having a kick and everything like that. But like you said, pickers, can we actually get Gil on the line and try to nail him down for a bit of information? Because these boys, they've got no direction. They don't know what's going on. And the other one is, pickers, now the football's going to go late. Does that mean cricket starting late, or what's happening with that, bud? Sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like the cricket, uh, cricket Victoria and the like in this state anyway, uh, are going to push their Premier League's uh, season back a little bit to allow the football code, I guess, to finish off their season. So I like the fact they're working together. I must say, Tommy, I reckon, uh, I reckon the leagues getting together on a lot of these things is, uh, you know, is really important because. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, you end up just having fights about grounds, who's got the ground rights, and all this sort of stuff. And hopefully, everyone can work together. And there might be have to be a bit of give the other way from the footy codes as well. Mm. And guys, we bang on about the top level of the game, but these community football clubs and leagues, you feel for them. I mean, the Heathkit and District uh, Footy Netball League uh, picks uh, wound up uh, Thursday night. They decided to cancel the 2020 season. It was just the strain and the the 
I guess the pressure it was going to put on the volunteers there to adhere to all mm. the protocols, yeah. and then the risk if someone did get infected, you know, elderly populations out there in the bush, um, you know, they can't pay the players, of course, no one can go to watch, so... Oh, you feel for a lot of the country footy leagues because at the moment they'd be wrestling with making the exact same decision that, that the Heathkit and District Footy Netball League did. Well, that's exactly right, Sammy, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that case happens a bit more too. Might be the good tip of the iceberg, yeah. Mm. Good on you, Tommy's time too. The other discussion point this week, and it's a good one for you pickers, is a couple of marquee players. Perhaps that is a thought to um, keep a couple of list spots and two of your star players paid outside the salary cap. Would this go against the AFL's equalisation model and, and only favour the richer clubs? Potentially, but I mean, I think there is merit in it. And I also think there's merit about the soft cap situation in a similar vein, is that you know, take your senior coach out of it. <laughs> you know, we're talking about um, footy department spend, same thing. Is that you might have to have a couple that just sit outside of it. And if you do that in footy, as long as everyone has the opportunity to do it, and it'd have to be a structure that would end up being working fair so it's not the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. So and I think you could possibly do it, work to a number and, and, and maybe have one or two players outside. It may be that you can only do it uh, to players that are on your list, you can't recruit blokes to put them in there. I don't, I don't know how you'd do it, but it does make a bit of sense that there is some flexibility around the salary cap. Mm, I actually love it. Neil Baum from the Tigers spoke about that prospect during the week. Well, it doesn't really make sense um, in a lot of ways. Um, it seems to be con- contrary to well, contrary to most things we're trying to do. But I do see, though, the, the reality now is that the, the world has changed, the finances will change, the like the TV deal could well change and the the deal that the players have negotiated relates to the TV deal, et cetera, et cetera. So all sorts of things may change, but you do feel for the guys who have signed the longer-term contracts and all of a sudden someone's going to come back and say, sorry, mate, that doesn't work anymore. So I can see why there needs to be consideration for something like a marquee player or whatever, but uh, I'm not sure. It's all too complicated for me. It's um, It's pretty challenging. I mean... I'm not, I'm not in love with the idea of marquee players until they play. <laughs> so it's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> mm, uh, you can have your say on that one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If it uh, confuses Barmy, who's been in the system longer than anyone, then I'm not sure what hope uh, the others have. Let's quickly sneak in Greg, who's in Bentley. Uh, good afternoon to you, Greg. Uh, what's your thoughts? How are you, mate? I just good. wish some of these so-called experts, including you guys would not come up with these ideas off the top of your head and analyse it first because even before you say, oh, well, we'll, give, we'll spread out some under-18s between the AFL clubs and then you forgot about the coronavirus uh, isolation. You know, sure, there's all these ideas, including Eddie Maguire's, where he came up with all these ideas and hadn't thought any of them through. If he wants to go for shorter quarters, how come nearly all the, pop, nearly all the fans would like to see a curtain raiser, which means they're prepared to stay longer. Would you do, what, what would you do, up. Greg? What, can I ask you? What, what, what would you do, Greg, with, okay. with the under-18 okay. players who are well, trying to be drafted? Just let me ask you the question before you butt in. What would you do with the under-18 <laughs> players that don't have a game to play but have a draft at the end of the year? What's your solution? Well, I, would, I haven't got one, but I don't come off with things off the top of my head. You've got to well, analyse what the problem is before you come up with these ideas. Well, that's the whole point of having talk back and a, and a radio station, Greg, is that we throw some ideas around, we get your thoughts on it, we debate it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be much of an interesting radio show, but I appreciate your thoughts. Um, not sure it'd be that fun at parties, old Greg. But anyway, got to get to a break. There's plenty more discussion on the way, including Joe Danaher at the Bombers. We'll hear from John Warsfold 
on his star forward, who is still not ready to go. You are listening to Crunch Time, one 736 736 when I look at what Joe's doing at the moment, uh, it's not enough to say that he'll be ready for round two. Um, so we'll just keep progressing him. Um, and we're not too concerned about saying get him back as quickly as possible. We're just following a protocol because it's about long term for Joe. Um, help him absolutely get over this so uh, his career progresses at the, uh, the rate we want. That was the Essendon coach, John Warsfold, speaking on the fitness of his star forward, Joe Danaher. I'm now concerned about this one. It's been over 12 months since Joe Danaher has played a game of AFL football, and he has not been able to get a groin issue right in 12 months to the point where he's still not ready to play Sam Edmund. This situation would now be concerning for, for not only Essendon, but perhaps the Sydney Football Club, who were pretty keen on uh, trading for him last year. Well, three people, uh, three parties should be extremely concerned because you, the other one's Joe Danner, of course, who just can't get himself right and uh, has been in and out of the treatment room already this year for scans on a whole different uh, variety of issues. The primary one, is, of course, is the groin. And going back in time... Essendon told Sydney that pick five and nine wouldn't be enough for Joe Danaher. The final offer, as uh, Tom Harley revealed on SEN, was pick nine and a future first-round pick. Now, as it stands, on May 23, he's worth nowhere near that. And, in fact, picks, I'd say his currency wouldn't have been this low, perhaps, ever. So... If he does leave as a restricted free agent, and Sydney, as Kane alludes to, are prepared to take the risk, and it would be a risk at the moment on Joe Danaher, the compensation would be what? A second-round pick, probably. Yeah, I think it all that all relies on you know, your salary and all that sort of stuff as well. But um, he's, oh, he's still, in my view, he's still worth a punt. I, I wouldn't be if, – if the Swans like him and he wants to get there as an example, I'd be going 100 mile an hour still. He's still only a young man. He's in a footy sense. It is a concern he hasn't been able to get out. His body seems to be not really working for him at the moment. He's tried a number of things, but yeah, back to talent in with him, I would think. I love you. Obviously, yeah. Sorry, Kane. You go. He's uh, he's just he does things that not many can do, like the ability to take a contested mark inside fifty. I think there's there, there might only be four or five guys in the comp that can take a genuine contested mark inside 50 with the numbers that get back in modern football so he's going to be 27 years of age round one next year he's 27 in March he's played 11 games in the last two seasons as I said has not played a game in over 12 months and still not ready to go this year the other complications will come that when he does come back and often when you've had a layoff such as this as you know pickers with the injuries that you've had the soft tissue stuff will bob up for Joe as well, so it's not just the groins, it's the other stuff that he tries to get accustomed to playing AFL footy again. Yeah, well, that, that's going to happen, but you know, again, you know, you'd know, you be mad if you didn't back in his talent, I reckon, if you really wanted to recruit him, and the Bombers will want to keep him anyway. I mean, he's a talented Form, player. The former coach, yeah, as you Ross, yeah, Sorry, it, Sam, let's, it, hear, from it, Ross, let's yeah. hear from Ross Lyon first, and uh, I'll get you to pick up and get your thoughts on what Rossi's got to say. But at the end of the day, the medical team and conditioning team out there aren't able to get him right. And sometimes you've got to move that player on for, for his own welfare if you can't get him right. Well, you know, that was the other suggestion that he wanted to go to Sydney because he had more. He, he thought it might be better for yeah. him there. Uh, I think that's really relevant. And they've got a history. A bit like Hawthorne with Burgoyne. Port Adelaide, my understanding, wrote Sean Burgoyne off. And he's a, a giant of the game now. So, and they get it right. So there are some clubs that had success. At the minute, Harley Benell at Melbourne is going really well. So some, sometimes you've got to move. 
not quite correct with Sean Burgoyne. Port Adelaide had a three-year offer for Sean Burgoyne, but they certainly didn't think he'd still be playing into his 20th season with the footy that he's played. But uh, the other thing is, what, what would you pay him? I mean, what, what is Sydney prepared to pay him at his best? He's, he's probably, I don't know, because he's an eight to 800000 to a $1 million player at the moment, but clearly no one's going to be prepared to pay that for him. Well, yeah, from a salary perspective, he's probably currency's gone down, but... Uh, not from his ability to, you know, the people that want to get, to get hold of him and put him in their in their squad and back their back their medical in because it's only really it's only a medical issue. I mean, mm. I know it's a serious one, but that's not. There's nothing else that's stopping people from wanting to recruit Joe Danaher. Right, the fixture will be released on Monday, Sammy. Before we leave today, what are you hearing and and what are you thinking it may look like? Uh, well, oh, look, obviously, well, I think it's Collingwood Richmond are all but a certainty. We spoke to Mark Anderson, the Collingwood CEO, during the week. He uh, didn't confirm that, but he said it's looking likely. Reading between the lines, that will definitely get us started on June 11. You mentioned earlier, it sounds as though Geelong and Hawthorne are going to follow up on a Friday night, the greatest rivalry of the modern era, according to many. And then you follow that up with a showdown, which uh, thankfully can take place in Adelaide. Obviously, the AFL weren't keen on playing it in southeast Queensland, but now Adelaide and Port Adelaide look like they're going to get their wish, Kane, and you get a round two showdown in before those clubs have to um, go into the hub uh, up there on the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's a good. It's good. I know the clubs are really relieved by it, both the South Australian clubs, just because it buys them a month at home that they wouldn't have got. And then, who knows? Like, no one has coronavirus touch wood in South Australia. It's you know, it's 15 days of no cases, and it's been pretty pretty stable for a long period of time. Does the government then allow in a month's time the exemption for both teams to be able to fly in and fly out and do what they thought they were going to be able to do? I know both clubs are pretty confident of that happening, which which will save the AFL millions of dollars not having to house these clubs in a hub so we're hopeful of that um we're, we're nearly out of time here this morning fellas but uh the west coast situation uh, i know they're approaching this hub scenario as if all of their hub games will be treated as away fixtures yep. is that the way you're reading it and is that fair and, and can they bank some home games and perhaps this situation works out okay for them well, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and it makes sense if they're going to be away on the road for eight weeks. You want to give them a few home games yeah. on the way back, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. And, but I just think, Sam, it sort of works out okay for them. I mean, a lot of people are saying they're disadvantaged. But all of a sudden, you don't have to fly all over the country. People are coming to play you in a neutral venue. And then you bank, I don't know, four or five home games in the lead-ups to the finals. It's not the worst situation if you can split probably your games in the hub and you might be able to go, I don't know, three and three or two and two and you get a whole host of home games on the way home. I think it's very clever. The Eagles um, were right off the bat. They're really keen to get there. They get there early, obviously. They set up shop there. While it's not their home ground, we know that. They don't have the travel and the travel's now going to be on game day. So the teams that are going up there, two and a half hours from Melbourne, will be flying on the same day they're playing West Coast up there. So it will advantage West Coast even though they're in the hub. And then I think, as you say, there's every expectation that they're going to get the home games at the back end as well in their purest form. So it's not a bad situation at all for West Coast and actually could turn out working very much in their favour. Well, the, the, the draw comes out, the fixture's coming out Monday, is that right? Monday or Tuesday, yeah. Monday or Tuesday, so Richmond Collingwood to open up, and Geelong Hawthorne's the talk for Friday night, and then the uh, Power and the Crows game, by the sounds of it, on the Saturday, is that right? 
Yeah, that's yeah. right. So they have to uh, fly the umpires in. That's the biggest hurdle. For that's them. hilarious. Uh, they, they don't have umpires, <laughs> so they've got to fly them in. They've got to sit in a hotel room for 14 days. I can't imagine they're going to be that fit trying to adjudicate an AFL game. Bruce McAvaney is going to be in Adelaide because he can't fly yeah. in out. BT is going to be in Melbourne. Not sure how that works. I'll tell you what happens there, Kane. There's a massive opportunity for... For Brian to take complete control <laughs> over Bruce. <laughs> you know how he operates? Oh, I do. Gentlemen, uh, outstanding as always. We'll uh, be in touch with you next week. Yeah, good on you, Kane. See ya. See ya, Sammy. Liam Bring something Pickering, next Sam Edmund. We didn't agree this morning, but it was a good debate. Coming up next on SEN, of course, SEN Track. The boys have just been dominating right the way through, so stick around. Tune in, get yourself a winner at the races, and we will see you next week. Thanks for your time and company on Crunch Time today. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.